morning everybody and welcome to this uh, weekly wrap it's monday uh, june 18th and uh, today we will uh, circle around uh, three main topics uh, firstly uh, central banks took the center center stage last week and uh, what uh, are the main messages to take out from that uh, secondly em currencies em uh, equities and em debt are facing some challenging times uh, are these causes for concerns or uh, are they just transitory drivers behind this? And uh, thirdly, uh, trade tensions are again building up and uh, what to make out of it. So uh, let's start out with uh, the central banks. And uh, they were certainly busy last week. And uh, uh, if we start out with the Federal Reserve in the U.S., they announced, uh, as widely anticipated, a uh, 25 basis points hike in, uh, in the policy rate. ECB on their side, uh, they uh, signaled that uh, uh, it's the beginning of the end for QE, i.e. they will uh, stop buying bonds. On uh, the policy rate side, they also communicated that they will keep the rates low for longer. Uh, this means that uh, the net asset purchases uh, ending, uh, coupled with a lower for longer uh, path uh, of the policy rate, uh, it will lead to a steeper yield curve uh, in Europe going forward. While on the contrary, we see uh, a continued flattening of the yield curve in the US. If we continue on the Bank of Japan side, they are still full steam ahead on uh, their stimulative measures to the economy. And uh, Bank of China on their side, they went against the Fed and uh, they will not hike rates. So uh, quite a mix mixed bag out of the central banks uh, last week. Uh, but if we try to make a... Uh, a uh, overarching uh, main message from the central banks is that uh, they are normalizing rates. Uh, they will do so in a prudent manner. So this is really uh, an art of dovish tightening that we are looking at uh, from the central banks. Uh, if we dive a little bit deeper into the Federal Reserve, it was uh, initially... Uh, assessed by the markets uh, as a hawkish tone. That means that the markets uh, uh, looked at the uh, higher dots, as we call it, uh, the different uh, Fed uh, committee, uh, the market committee members that uh, uh, lifted their uh, projections. Uh, and they also uh, did a cleanup of the statement language uh, regarding the forward guidance. That was uh, creating a more hawkish uh, perception, but it was uh, fairly quickly reversed when we also uh, looked at the actual economic pro projections, uh, which basically si signaled that there uh, has not been that much changes in how Federal Reserve look at uh, the economic outlook. And uh, that was also echoed by Chair uh, Powell in the communication after the meeting. So that calmed down the markets a bit. Uh, so again, the main message is that we are up to a, a normalization of uh, policy rates 
and also uh, ending the quantitative easing uh, phase but it will be at a prudent pace uh, and uh, uh, like said the art of dovish tightening is uh, the name of the game going forward if we then turn to uh, the em currency and the em uh, market uh, space as such it has been quite uh, a volatile volatile uh, period uh, for some weeks now and uh, it is uh, mainly uh, two countries that stands out uh, in this matter and it is uh, Argentina and it's Turkey and uh, if you look at how the currencies in general have behaved uh, for these uh, EM uh, countries versus the dollar it has been quite strong uh, weakening of uh, the EM currencies and in particular the Argentinian peso and the Turkish lira so that brings us to the fact that we still believe that the volatility and the concerns that we see in the market currently is contained to these two countries. It's not a broad-based uh, risk that uh, EM will uh, flare up. So it is an idiosyncratic risk related to Argentina and Turkey. But it also sends a quite important signal to the two biggest central banks, i.e. Federal Reserve and uh, ECB, that... Uh, they have to have a prudent approach to this normalizing of rates and also the ending of the QE uh, era. Uh, because if they do some type of policy error or uh, is not really communicating well to the markets, that could have adverse effects on the broader EM. But uh, so far, the drivers of the volatility in uh, EM currencies, we see this as mostly contained to uh, Argentina and and uh, and Turkey. This has also, of course, uh, impacted the the performance at large, uh, and we see that the spreads of uh, emerging market debt uh, in uh, in dollars uh, is now almost at the level of uh, global high yield spreads. So that also opens up for some uh, good opportunities within the emerging market uh, debt area, given the fact that we still are very constructive on the fundamental backdrop of emerging markets uh, and in particular uh, Asia. Uh, uh, if we continue a little bit uh, on uh, Argentina, uh, which has been uh, in the spotlight recently, uh, this has been very much of a confidence game uh, from markets relative to uh, both the president but also the central bank. and. Uh, uh, as we have seen that the peso has more or less collapsed uh, and the public finances are not really uh, at a good level either. So this is a confidence game going on. And we last week also got the news that Argentina will have a new central bank chief, uh, which will be or who will be Luis Caputo. Uh, he's, he's a previous uh, finance minister of Argentina and uh, what he basically needs to do is, of course, to to regain some of the confidence uh, in the central bank, uh, which has been completely lacking over the last few weeks, both when it comes to uh, communication, but also a somewhat incoherent policy uh, action from uh, the central bank uh, when the peso was uh, 
really uh, falling out of the bed. So central bank need to regain the confidence vis-a-vis -vis the in investors uh, uh, in Argentina uh, for this turmoil to uh, ease out. If you look at the bigger, broader picture on the currency side as, uh, as such, yes, we have seen a, a stronger dollar over the last uh, uh, period. Uh, and that as uh, a euro-based investor has actually been uh, quite ben beneficial uh, seen from a global equities point, point of view. Uh, we still see some room for uh, some dollar strengthening, but we also expect the a turnaround quite soon uh, in a more weaker trend for the for the for the dollar and that will eventually also change the whole dynamic that we currently look at for the for the em uh, currency area but also em uh, equities and em debt so we stay uh, constructive on that uh, that area in our uh, re recommendations if we then turn lastly to uh, the trade, trade tensions that are uh, again uh, building up, uh, it has, uh, uh, if we go a couple of months back, it's, it uh, rattled the markets uh, somewhat, then it eased out until now recently where we, where we learned that uh, the Trump administration will, uh, will uh, impose uh, a $50 billion uh, in Chinese tariffs. Uh, that said, 34 billion of those will take effect on July 6th, while uh, the remaining 16 uh, are still under review. Like we also learned in, uh, in, uh, back in April, uh, if those tariffs will be uh, put in place, China will then, of course, immediately uh, take retaliatory, retaliatory uh, action. And that is also what we now are uh, looking at uh, from China. They, will, they are looking into how to counter these uh, tariffs. And we also saw that EU uh, have also agreed to retaliatory action against the uh, US. So there is a slowly uh, buildup of trade tensions. Not uh, uh, very different from what we would expect based on what we based on the communication back in, in April, but nevertheless, it creates some uncertainty what will um, be the uh, future on this, uh, this topic. Our base case is still that uh, uh, the rationality will prevail uh, and that there will be a, a solution uh, that uh, all parties can uh, be fairly happy ab about. Uh, that means that uh, we see this uh, latest development as mostly headline news risk rather than a fundamental impact. And I think it's also important to bear in mind that if you, if you look at, uh, for example, how the companies on the S&P 500 uh, uh, looks like in terms of revenue exposure, uh, most, of the, uh, most of the revenues are derived from domestic uh, market, i.e. almost 70% of the revenues come from the U.S. market for S&P 500 companies. So it's a fairly small uh, share of revenue that comes from either mainland China or Germany and so forth. So that is also something to bear in mind that uh, the measures that so far are talked about would have limited impact on the revenue side So uh, uh, and also on the economic side. So uh, we, we still recommend 
to look through the noise and our base case is that there will a solution and the rationality will prevail. So uh, that would be uh, the main conclusions uh, for, uh, for, uh, for this podcast and uh, I hope to see you uh, next, next week and have a nice week. Please go to nordiaprivatebanking.com slash podcast dash disclaimer to read a legal disclaimer applicable to this podcast. Thank you.